Welcome to Entering the Void, our interview series with Dr. Yvette de Villiers, who is a holistic well-being consultant focusing on metaphysical mentorship. In this episode, we're going to be exploring the nature of consciousness. Yvette, perhaps you can start off by just explaining to us what is the nature of consciousness? Mark, I think a simplified um, way of how we view the nature of consciousness in metaphysical philosophy today is by breaking it down in awakened and unawakened consciousness or states of being. Um, the um, unawakened state of being being underlined by the subconscious um, and the awakened state of consciousness being underlined by the superconscious. Just to break that down further, um, if we think of an unawakened state of being driven by the subconscious, then we tie that in with what we spoke about in our previous podcast as ego-based reality or ego-based consciousness. Um, the, the sort of characteristics there is that the choices are made out of fear and with survival or our own survival as its driver. Um, and also our reality is based on the impact or the awareness of the impact of the environment on us. Um, the unconscious state or the unconscious state from which um, our decisions then come is marred with unresolved trauma and is predominantly fear-based. If we take a look, uh, take a look at awakened consciousness, we are literally looking at the opposite of all of that. So the awakened state of, or in the awakened state of consciousness, um, we are driven by a desire to learn and grow and ultimately thrive in our reality. And we are in a state of awareness of our own impact on our environment, as opposed to the other way around. And what is interesting there for me is that our, our lockdown and our sort of pandemic um, regulations of mask wearing and hand washing is almost a sort of a, a, a global um, awakening of the awareness of ourselves on our environment, which coincides very nicely with what we as as, as metaphysical philosophers see as a, as an awakened state of being. You know, and um, I see it as one of the gifts of the pandemic is that suddenly you have a global awareness of one person. Um, in their effect on the person next to them, which was unheard of before. You know, so that's one of the things that I think is just an absolute gift of, of what we've just been through and what we are currently going through in terms of awakening our consciousness. And then the superconscious, um, as, a, as, a, as a driver for that state of awakened consciousness, um, is the creative problem solver. You know, it's the part of us that is tuned into those divine solutions that we spoke about in our previous podcast. And it has the ability to recognize our responses to triggers as coming from past trauma, tracing that past trauma, and then finding creative solutions for integrating and releasing and healing the trauma. And in that state, we are then, in fact, learning and growing from our experiences. We're in our unawakened state with our subconscious as a driver. We're basically just reliving the same thing over and over. So it seems that accessing the superconscious is key to this whole process. 
It absolutely is. Um, we further believe, you know, if we think of the nature of consciousness, um, as metaphysical philosophers, we believe that we are in our essence creator beings. And so we are either creating our world through our choices from an unawakened state of subconscious triggers or from an awakened state of superconscious intelligence. So how can we shift into the state where we start creating from a higher level of consciousness? So we call this to, um, to, 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 to shift back into a state of higher consciousness or higher self-awareness. So if you can remember in our, in our previous podcast, we spoke quite a lot about the self and the higher self mm. and the ego consciousness and the, the higher consciousness. So um, the, that sort of migration would be into a state of being where we are constantly, consciously aware of our higher self. Um, and there are four very specific ways in which we can make the shift. The first is to is by reframing our experience. So um, in reframing our experience, um, I often say to people, you know, it's as simple as asking questions rather than just reacting to a trigger. So if I've been triggered or something has upset me, asking myself, why am I feeling this way? Have I felt this way before? And why do I keep attracting the same experience? So it's, it's basically launching into an inquiry rather than just reacting to the trigger in the same old way. So this is quite a powerful process for anybody who feels themselves confronted with, with situations that are triggering them. It's a, it's an extremely powerful process. We go into the, the how um, more in our 12 Steps to Mastery program. There's quite a few techniques that we that we do there. There's quite a bit of debriefing that we do in that 12 Steps to Mastery to get us to the place where we can actually create a pause when triggered and, and do the inquiry rather than just reacting. So it's, it sounds very easy, but it's not that easy. Um, and it's one of the things we cover extensively in our 12 Steps to Mastery program. Okay, great. What is the next step? So the next step is experimenting with a new view. So um, it's interesting to note here that uh, when people come and see me in the private practice, 99% of the time they come to to talk to me about how the other person is, um, is, is affecting them and what the other guy is doing to them and how that feels to them. And then it's also very interesting to me when we work a little bit, a couple of sessions down the line, um, how much the other part how much the other guy has grown and how much the other guy has learned. Um, so, you know, with that as a background, by reframing the experience, um, I often say to people, why don't we just look at the other guy as reflecting where they are at on their journey and that this is an opportunity for me to, to see where I am online. And that is immense because the world provides us with these opportunities quite often all the time and, and if we pay attention we can actually accelerate our awakening dramatically absolutely and, and i think you're saying a very important thing there mark because it really is about paying attention and that is essentially what living consciously is that is what is living in, the, in an awakened state of being is it's about paying attention yeah. and step three the step three is about becoming creative 
Okay, so once we've done the inquiry, once we've reframed the experience with a new view, now we can start becoming creative because when we've allowed the other person's behavior to reflect for us where we are at on our journey, we now start moving into choice. And one of the biggest elements of moving back into higher self-awareness is this realization that everything, in fact, is a choice. You know, I, I can think if you can remember with the previous podcast, I said to you that the survival state, the fear-based state, often has as a result that people think that they don't have a choice and that nations go to war thinking they don't have another choice. So, so higher self-awareness is, in its essence, the realization that everything is a choice. So once we've realized that whatever situation we faced with is just showing us where we are at on our journey, we can now begin to make a different choice. And I suppose one of those choices would be to care. To care, yes. Um, and, and that is what is so interesting for me in this journey is when people, you know, when I take people through the, the, the courses that I do and through the processing work and I can see in their feedback from session to session how they start to say to me that they made a different choice in terms of their responses, where originally they said to me, I have no choice. This is something that often repeats in, in, in the consultations. I had no choice. You know, I had to do this. I had to do that. Um, I acted in a certain way because I had no choice. And so as we continue around the journey and we start debriefing those old traumas and putting them into perspective and processing them, and people get into the creative phase of this journey of reintegration into the higher awareness, you start hearing them say, I chose to act differently. Yeah. Um, and one of the choices that I interject there is choosing to consciously activate resonance energy with another human being because you can't do that when you're still angry with them. Yeah. You can't do it when you, you're letting your hurt or your past trauma around that relationship overcrowd you and influence you. So it's an immediate point of understanding yourself in terms of paying attention if I'm choosing to consciously activate resonance energy with this person and it's not happening, then I may still be holding on to something. And I suspect as people do this and raise their own coherence and oscillation frequency, they probably discover choices that they couldn't see before. Absolutely. And, and that brings us to the third sort of element of becoming creative, which is imagining the divine solution. You know, and exactly what you said now, because the more clear we are, so in metaphysics, we, we speak of clear as having high oscillation frequency and high coherence in our thoughts. Um, the more options we see, uh, the more solutions are available to us. And those solutions are divine solutions. So there are there are answers that work for everyone. So by becoming creative in this way that we're speaking of, we're starting to let go of this idea that there has to be a winner and a loser to a situation. And we're starting to imagine solutions that could work for everyone, which is incredibly freeing and, and sort of on a global scale makes me extremely excited. You know, it doesn't have to be winners and losers in all situations. It could actually be very different. Yeah, yeah which will really be great for all of humanity. Absolutely. Yeah. What is the fourth step? The fourth step is asking for help. So asking for help, obviously, in a physical way, but before that, even in a metaphysical way. 
Um, and there's a very specific exercise that I would like to share with our viewers today around how to actually ask for help in a way that's going to bring results. Great. And if you're okay with that, I'd love to share that. Please do, yeah. With you now. So, so the first element of, of that exercise is to actually clear our energy field. Okay. Um, it's, it's basic sort of me meditation stuff, you know, sitting in a, in a, in a quiet environment, taking away all external stimuli and focusing on our breathing or breath work. And then bringing up or bringing to mind everything of that particular day or that particular week from the last time to now that we could possibly be holding on to. And then making a choice to let those hurts or slights or issues go. And, and it literally is a choice mark. And, and this is what is so freeing is when people start realizing that they can choose to let something go. They can choose to forgive something. And also that the more they do it, the easier it becomes. That's very, very interesting. And just to digress, it actually has to do with neuropathways in the brain. Um, so the more you run down a certain neuropathway by thinking the same thing over and over, the stronger that pathway fires. And the less you do it and the more you activate a different neuropathway with a different kind of thinking, the more that activates and fires. So the more you think that forgiveness is a choice, the more that choice is available to you. The more you believe that you can move on from something, the more able you are to move on from something. It's very interesting. So that's how you start the meditation, by clearing your energy. And, and here in creative visualization, we use the color violet. You know, um, I sort of, in our talks, you try and stay away from too much esoteric stuff because I like for it to be really accessible to all. Um, but I find that visualizing the color violet actually helps with this clearing of the energy and with releasing of past hurts and, 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 and things that we're holding on to. So that is the first step of this meditation. The second step is, is to raise your oscillation frequency and coherence by practicing gratitude. Um, so, the, so the practice of gratitude, actually thinking about and listing everything that you are grateful for in your life is an instant raiser of oscillation frequency and, and, and a stimulator of coherent thought. Um, environment really helps. So if you can do this little meditation in a natural environment, in your garden, or in the gardens of like Rango, where I was, if you're lucky enough to do that, where I could really feel the difference kicking in for me, um, or next to water that's running, or next to the ocean, um, that is really going to help you with your gratitude. But you can also just do it wherever you are. You know, just by focusing on what you're feeling grateful for, um, you're immediately going to increase your coherence and oscillation frequency. And then the third um, step of this little process is to actually actively ask for help. And we do that by, by using the words thank you. And when, when we get a bit further into our podcast, we're going to talk about the laws of attraction and how that all works. Um, for the purpose of this, I'd like our viewers to just experiment. So experiment with clearing your energy by letting go of hurt. Experience, experiment um, with raising your oscillation frequency and coherence by focusing on what you're grateful for. And then ask for help by starting your, your words with thank you. So thank you that I am here now. Thank you that I am quiet and still. Thank you that I have divine solutions. Uh, um, thank you that all my needs are met. 
And that is something that can really take a mantra form. Again, because it activates and stimulates neuro pathways that open up the possibilities of divine solutions for us. Simply by using the word thank you and engaging with whatever it is that we're looking for as if it is already there. So you get into the energy as if it has happened. As if it has happened. And what you're basically doing is you are actively engaging your creator self. Yeah. And, and that is the essence of this uh, returning to the higher self-awareness, is that the creator self, the, the self, the part of us that creates our world, is no longer doing that from an unawakened, unconscious state, but is now starting to create our world from an awakened, superconscious state. And by clearing our energy, focusing on gratitude, and then asking for help by using the words thank you, we're actually clearing a channel for this connection to our higher wisdom to be able to come through. Okay, so how does this then move forward into the, the next level of the shift? So this is what we spoke about in the interview, Mark, where we were speaking about materialism having been and an financial wealth and the pursuit and the creation of financial wealth um, for the last 772 years, forming the basis of, of our reality and how we engage with the world. Yeah, and the ego uh, seeking survival through financial well-being. Yes, and, and that basically having been our paradigm up to now. Um, and what I'm so excited about falling away with, with um, Uranus being a tourist for the next five years. And we touched on that in our second part, in our first podcast when we spoke about astrology and astronomy. Um, so, so since that interview, quite a few people have asked me, so what is it being replaced by? Or sort of where are we going? You know, if we, if we do, if we're leaving this, this materialistic view with financial wealth for security as its currency, sort of where are we going, you know, and um, what is really interesting to me is that so many people have have spoken about well-being um, being the, the preferred state of being that they want to be in, and that the currency there is life force energy. Um, and life force energy within itself is, is quite a mystical or a metaphysical concept. Um, but what is very interesting to me, I am um, on my flight back from Makaranga over the weekend, um, somewhere in all of these sort of airport advertisements or something, I saw a well-being app and, and that was being advertised. And one of the questions was, what are your energy limits today? You know, and, and this, this was fascinating to me because that is not a question that would maybe 10 or 20 years or even pre-COVID have been on that app, mm. you know, and, and, and it's a very real thing now. And I think that one of the reasons, certainly for me, why it's such a real thing is because the fight against this virus drains life force energy. You know, extreme fatigue is one of the very, very big marker symptoms of fighting COVID. And it's something that I had very, very clear and, and quite harrowing experience of. Um, I believe, just sort of to get a little bit technical, at the risk of that, that it's the fact that it's a new virus and the body doesn't yet know how to attribute life force energy correctly. So it sort of throws everything at the immune system to enable it to overcome the virus. And then when it doesn't, it falls back. And it hasn't got that, that formula 
sort of ready yet. Mm. Um, that's just my sort of technical sort of first glance at why there's such extreme fatigue in fighting this virus. What it has done is it's made people aware of energy levels, mm. you know. And, um, and, and, and you and I previously talked about somebody saying, if it drains your energy, don't do it, you know. And, and that's a very new value because in the past, and, and I think probably ongoing still in certain parts of the world, people sacrifice their life force energy and they sacrifice their well-being in the pursuit of material wealth. Yeah, uh, what people would say is their job was draining the life out of them. And they were completely fine with that. Yeah. You know, because this was somehow now going to create a kind of security that would make them safe in the world. So that they might get um, well-being later after retirement, they can then buy back their physical health. Yes, and you know, the scary and the sad thing about that is that you actually can't. I work with people who've had crashes, who've had adrenal fatigue, who've had burnout, who've actually lost their health and their well-being in the pursuit of financial wealth and security, and and you don't just get it back, you know, and you can't buy it anymore. So you can have all the money in the world, and if you've lost your health, you've lost it. Mm. You know, the way back from there is a very long and a very difficult journey. And Interestingly, if you lose your health, often you can't work and you can't earn an income. Precisely. Precisely. So, so that, I think, would be sort of the markings of this old model or this old mindset that, that I believe is falling away. And then this new value system where people are saying, okay, well, what is increasing my wealth, my, my wealth of energy, so my life force energy and my well-being? Um, time with my family, you know, time with my friends, time in nature, um, time with animals, pursuing creative hobbies and interests that I enjoy. All these things are giving me energy. So in other words, supplementing and increasing my life force energy. And I'm starting to make a choice to pursue these things rather than, than just go for material wealth at all costs. And I think for me, that is the very exciting part of the shift that we're in. I'm bearing in mind that for a lot of people, it wasn't really a choice because there's a lot of people who found themselves at home in lockdown with reduced salaries and incomes and no salaries. So that sort of, you know, consumerism addiction kind of thing of going to shop and buying something wasn't really an option. Um, And they had to come up with new ways of feeling good. And this is another gift of, of the pandemic that I definitely can see very, very evident, where there are people who would not have made this choice if they weren't forced into it. Yeah. And a lot of people choosing to spend the money on experiences rather than things. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that is also a trend that we see in travel. You know, people are no longer going for the, the, the highest and the best in, in physical experience in terms of, you know, costly um, accommodation because they just can't afford it. They're now going for an experience that they can remember for the rest of their lives and that fills them with energy um, and is often more nature-based. And, and that is another trend that's emerged out of, out of our, our pandemic situation. Yeah. So where is that, where is that taking us and, and what does the future hold for, for people who actually pursue this path? 
Look, I think for me, um, when I sort of draw it all, pull it all together, then I'm looking at the, the our nature as creators, you know, and I'm thinking that if we can start tuning into our true nature by um, releasing and clearing our past trauma, um, by learning how to tune into our creative abilities, um, and then having a different focus. So not using those creative abilities purely for creating material wealth, but rather use those creative abilities for creating wealthful experiences and, and experiences that, that sort of build our life force energy, then our focus is completely changed. And I think if that starts moving through to a collective focus, being around one being, then we can start moving into the space of care. So when I feel well and my life force energy is high because my new value system is influencing my choices, then it's so much easier to, um, to consciously activate resonance energy with the next person yeah. who's not quite there yet. You know? And that for me is the ultimate shift globally, is that the better we feel ourselves, the easier it is to reach out to the next guy and ask how we can help or what we can do to make it better or just resonate with that person. And, and that, for me, is the domino effect that we're looking for as metaphysicians um, because this, this shift in, in reaching out to the next guy is what I believe is going to ultimately get us to a place where we've got an, another reality dawn, a new reality um, that is actually based on well-being and not just on the survival of the individual. Great. Well, thank you very much for sharing your insights on the nature of consciousness and, and the possibilities of that. It really is quite fascinating. I'm looking forward to our, to our next episode where we'll be discussing... Um, the laws of attraction. Which I think a lot of people have an interest in. And it'll be interesting to see how the laws of attraction tie in with um, life force energy as a currency. That's right. It is a very, very interesting discussion. I'm really looking forward to it. Great. See you next week. Thanks.